Quidditch has built a system that allows officials plausible deniability of any responsibility. There's only one head official in charge of refereeing four consecutively active balls. So we have assistant referees to help. We quote-unquote train these referees by providing them a 115-page rulebook and a 45-minute multiple-choice quiz centered around really fringe use-case scenarios like triple ricochet beats. This leaves the officials high and dry to adjudicate most other scenarios in the game. The multiple-choice quiz is a breeze of a test for anyone to pass that can open multiple tabs, type in Control-F, and find whatever question they're looking for. Teams can get away by having one experienced player complete the assessment for the entire team in the matter of hours. This process isn't thorough, it isn't rigorous, and it leads to wildly inconsistent product on the pitch. When I trained officials for IM Sports at UCLA, on top of a rulebook, we taught them with hands-on presentations uh, that had commonly occurring scenarios. We had practice scrimmages where veteran officials would shadow them and evaluate them and provide them with really helpful in-the-moment feedback. Quidditch relies on a 115-page rulebook and a multiple-choice quiz. While we look for a new name to expand monetization options, we ignore one of the gaping issues with the sport, accountability. The officials do not provide a reliable, consistent, or even remotely thoughtful presence on the pitch, but providing a chain of responsibility that can constantly be denied because officials are caught watching Quaffle play when they should be watching Bludger play, or misunderstanding how rules can be interpreted. As an example, the shitty-ass adjudication of rules 6.1.9.d.1 at West Regionals this year. Yeah, listen to how fucking ridiculous that sounds. The officials set up the players on the pitch for utter failure and honestly worse, serious injury. Every single tournament I have ever been to in my near decade of playing Quidditch has had at least a handful of grave head injuries. Our attempt to resolve this has been the introduction of two-hand tackling and a third yellow card that leads to an ejection so that we can kind of paper over the shitty-ass officials or the lack of training that they have? Please. It's really easy to consider the injuries a part of the sport and that attendees know that this is a full-contact sport. Heck, many of us even joke about the various concussions and injuries people get. But anyone who's had a serious injury can attest to the severity and the longevity of the trauma and pain from these injuries. Nearly all national sports leagues have stricter protocols for returning to the sport after traumatic brain injuries. Some provide assistance, some provide money. We have none of that. The league's mandatory coaching concussion protocol test thing is not even remotely sufficient. These injuries aren't like a small scuff, a cut, a bruise that you can just weather through. A broken spine, neck, head injury leads to impacts on people's lives and livelihoods for months, years, decades to come. I really want to double down on the dangers of serious head injuries and the importance of our league to action on making the sport safer. The first step, and arguably the most important one, is to ensure that the neutral parties on the pitch, of which we have six at any given point, one head referee, three assistants, and two goal referees are held responsible for the safety and correct adjudication of the sports rules. The club finals of the West Regionals this year were officiated by referees who were visibly inebriated. This is reckless, dangerous, and absolutely fucking disgusting. The reason these situations arise is that the game was assigned to assistant refs from a team that had played literally zero official games leading up to the tournament. This leads to relying on literally anyone available who can be coerced into refing, and then these people can't be held liable for their calls, or frankly, lack thereof, because they're already doing us a favor by officiating. 
Officiating isn't a favor or a minor annoyance, it's a requirement to create a safe environment for players. In an effort to promote competitiveness, this intensely male-dominated sport has made a complete mockery of its gender equality-based principles. Our sport breeds toxic masculine behavior by enabling the majority group to marginalize the roles and responsibilities of female and gender non-conforming players. We pin the roles of these chasers to post up at the hoops and be set up for unnecessary tackles. We don't enable their ability to move around with a ball in their hands. Uh, we pin the role of those beaters to recovering and cleaning up the mistakes of male beaters and recovering after loose bludgers. At West Regionals this year, as I looked around at the officiating crews during bracket play, they were led by mostly female or gender non-conforming players. What I took away from this was that we're setting up a minority group of players for excessive attrition. They're volunteering to help run the tournament. They're not being trained to be successful in these roles as officials, and this is a gender agnostic issue, and I'll touch on this later. And when they do play, we pigeonhole them into roles that minimize their involvement with the sport. How the fuck do we expect this group of people who are given the least amount of involvement with the actual sport, highest involvement with the volunteering load, and least protection in providing a fair judge of safety to stick around? Giving a pass to the teams at the higher end of the skill spectrum, most of our sport is littered by men whose whole fucking pride and metric success seems to be dependent on their ability to land hits on the smallest players. Yeah, this is perfectly legal because it's a part of a full-contact sport, but if we're not able to provide a safe and equitable officiating experience for the players involved, we're shirking the responsibility of safety onto those players to just avoid engaging with the sport in a meaningful way because we can't protect them when some 6-3 fucker decides to destroy someone after they've been already caught the ball and put it through the hoops because the official was, I don't know, busy chatting with the spectators. This is why we have a serious attrition issue. Now nearly a decade removed from my first Quidditch tournament, it's a rarity to play a Quidditch team that doesn't run a double male beater set. We have teams that are unable to take the field because they have too many males on their teams. This attrition is self-inflicted by the setup of the league. At the end of the day, as an organizing body of the sport, USQ does not assume responsibility for these injuries. I'm here to tell you that they should. We're doing a disservice to our athletes and frankly kidding ourselves if we think that this can continue to go on this way. Arguably the largest cause of attrition in the sport is due to injuries. If there's a modicum of desire to retain athletes, the league must take responsibility and begin appropriately training these officials. The plausible deniability of referees must stop. In order to take responsibility and begin establishing chains of command that can effectively act on situations on the pitch, I propose a three-pronged approach. This approach consists of an overhaul of referee training, a comprehensive referee review process, and tying the ability of teams to participate in the league on their ability to provide sufficiently competent ref crews. Referee Training It's great that we have a 115-page rulebook that has every nuance that this relatively young sport has ever experienced. It isn't effective because nobody reads 115 pages of rule minutia. To set up officials for success, we must train them for success. There needs to be a one-page primer for what to look out for during various phases of play. As an example, for assistant referees highlighting different types of exchanges between beaters, a trade from afar and consequent play after beat calls, a tackle on a bludger beater and consequent initial point of contact or illegal tackle calls that occur during a team's offense. The league must provide video guides for new players to be able to see these calls and situations in action. I noticed that the league had uploaded a video series on how to snitch, a similar approach with players simulating commonly occurring situations 
like uh, tackles from behind or play after beat or third bludger guarding can be isolated and identified in videos. These videos will provide a key identifier for new officials who struggle to process the vagueness of the kind of shit we ask in these ref tests, like Chaser A gets tackled by Chaser B while holding a ball but slightly turned away from them. By providing primers and easy-to-digest guides, we provide resources that can be consumed by players that have limited experience with Quidditch. Officiating the sport and playing the sport is not the same. Just because you've played Quidditch doesn't automatically set you up to officiate correctly. We provide nearly no resources to referees on how to deal with escalating situations or how to respond to players and coaches. To set up officials for success, we absolutely must train officials in person with actual gameplay. We need the league to offer quarterly scrimmages and dedicate the pool play games of each tournament to having new officials be shadowed by veteran officials who simultaneously evaluate and provide in-the-moment feedback to newer officials. While this sounds like an additional barrier of entry, I posit the threat of severe injuries as the alternative, and that will continue to exacerbate this attrition issue that the sport faces. Referee Evaluation I know we have a referee evaluation system, but it's shit. In order to maintain a high quality of competence in these officials, I propose we must provide each referee in the game with a bib with an official number that allows them to be identified individually. By being able to individually identify referees, it allows for improved accountability and room for individual feedback. To allow for referee crews to be evaluated, we must define metrics that can allow ref crews to improve on their performances as the season goes on. Our current ref reviews are not mandatory. They include poorly written double-barreled questions, include various open-end responses that even I, as a professional market researcher, would dread analyzing. It relies on the person filling it out to have done all the legwork. Since these aren't mandatory, the only time ref reviews are filled out are when players or teams have poor experiences. This provides a self-confirming bias towards poor experiences and does a bad job of truly understanding how a ref's performance is. The referee valuation should be mandatory, clear, and concise. As an example, we can have five-star rating questions, and I recommend you look at the article because I've built out a list of questions that we can ask them. Things like, officials give correct signals for foul and penalties. Lead assistant ref number 12 was positioned correctly to observe bludger play and subsequent snitch play. Assistant referee number 25 was positioned correctly to observe bludger play. Officials adjudicate correct ball turnovers when making calls. Officials are consistent throughout the games. This goes on and on, so read the fucking article. Providing these key metrics to measure their performances allows crews to understand what they did well and what they have room for improvement for. A simple five-star rating allows the league to set thresholds for referee accountability, and I'll talk more about this later. The statement format of these questions allows the league to request specific feedback on specific refereeing metrics. As sample sizes increase, the league can start to pinpoint statistically significant areas of issues that affect officials in the league. The league can also include a singular open-end question for a specific call or official, and this is where the individual referees having individual bib numbers will allow coaches to identify and pinpoint specific issues with ref crews or calls. In addition, I believe USQ must begin filming every single game that is played at any official USQ event. It's inexpensive to purchase eight 4K GoPros, two per pitch. The total cost of this wouldn't exceed $5,000. That's the cost of a few teams' registration or a couple dozen players' registration. By filming each game, Coaches and officials will have free access to evaluate the performance of referees. 
In addition, this plethora of film will be a resource for teams as they aim to improve their gameplay. Currently, we place too much focus on a live stream that relies on an internet connection, a commentator, and someone's cell phone. Live streams are not important. Film is important. High-quality film goes much further in helping the sport than poor-quality, well-managed live streams. Referee Accountability The third and final prong of the approach ties in the previous ideas to hold the refs accountable as players of the sport. Setting a minimum threshold of rating for the ref crews as a requirement to be able to attend nationals is an essential portion of this approach to hold teams accountable for their ability to provide a safe and consistent playing field at the largest and most significant tournament of the season. While it does serve as another barrier to entry, it provides an experience that should theoretically be more even and easier to navigate for teams without worrying about who is going to officiate their games. Plausible deniability leads to injuries. Injuries lead to attrition. We've gone from 163 teams in 2015 to 123 teams in 2019, and now we're barely hanging on to 86 teams in 2022. That's a nearly 50% attrition rate in the last seven years. While we all know that there's other extraneous factors that have led to this attrition, there's no denying the role that marginalizing our minority groups, providing no training, and the serious lack of accountability this sport has had on those numbers. I hope that this proposal serves as a bouncing off point for people involved with the sport and hopefully helps provide a more consistent and frankly, more importantly, safer product on the pitch. Read the full article. There's more shit in there. Cheers.